Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Mac and Yo-Yo's family vacation may ask for permission and Daisy needs to wake up and smell the roses. See what I did there? Anyway, Izel's here is everything. Stop walking away from me. Everyone in S.H.I.E.L.D. needs counseling. We are talking daddy issues and more on this week's Marvel Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 6, Episode 11, From the Ashes. The After Buzz After Show starts right now. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz I really think everyone on S.H.I.E.L.D., they just need counseling. Everyone needs counseling. Every, for everyone. Fitz, Simmons, needs counseling. Daisy, every single person. May. Everyone. Benson. Every single Benson person now. on S.H.I.E.L.D. needs counseling. Actually, the most sane person is Izel. I'm sorry to tell everyone yeah. this. Izel has a plan. She's going after what she wants. She's not confused. She doesn't get stopped by anything. She's on the way there. She's well aware of her feelings she's, and why. She's actually a very aware person to the point where she even knows that not Coulson is her nemesis. And she's like, but I, I'm able to wake the thing inside you because I want what's best for you. I just really like Izel. And her hair is everything. Yeah. And some people are just beyond counseling. I feel like that was it. Me, uh, if you don't know who I am, my name's Toronto. We'll be hosting this panel alongside the wonderful, amazing Rachel. Hey, everybody. I am very excited to be here to discuss another week of S.H.I.E.L.D. and especially everything going on with Yo-Yo and Mac. That's right. And uh, if you don't know, she's a good man. So pay attention very to what we have to say. Man. We are talking everything Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 6, Episode 11, from the ashes. We're going to talk about a lot of good stuff this week. We are talking some Mac and Yo-Yo, especially on their their trip. Their trip on their trip, I feel like. Benson's mind. Ooh, Izel's foolproof plan. Not Coulson cannot remember. Say that three times fast. May is all father, may I? Daisy in charge. Is that a good idea? Fitzsimmons and like grandfather, like grandson. Coming to the rescue, my man Deke again. Piper pipes up. Not Colson wakes up. Resonance frequencies. If you don't know what that means, you will by the end of this episode. Yucatan is a nice place this time of year. Chronica <laughs> 3, news and gossip over there with Rach. Whoa moment, predictions and more. You're going to want to stay tuned to us. Don't walk away. I just liked when they <laughs> Don't walk away. You always walk away. Everyone walks away. Yes. That's a Daisy reference in case you didn't know. Um, Rachel, what were your overall thoughts of this episode? Daisy. So I would say that generally my my favorite part of this episode was everything going on between Daisy and Sarge. I guess they're still calling him Sarge, so I'm going to call him Sarge. But just, you know, they've really, they finally called Daisy out on exactly what she does. And we got to kind of see what her. Did, what does she do? Bolt. She walks away. Yes, yes. Don't walk yes, away. Yes. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I gave you this lob and you totally I, didn't take it. I know. It. I'm just I know. You know. I said bolts. So. Bolts. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The Sounded name of a when I thought of it. bus that's worse than Megabus. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. Yes. Well, 
<laughs> in any case, that was my overall thought of the episode. And everything just, um, I, I love that they finally called her out on it. And then we got to finally, she got to finally see for herself what she was doing. Everyone who knows me knows that I'm a Daisy fan. And yes. Daisy and I are, are destined to be together. I love her more than Deke, as we can tell. I, I was actually <laughs> hoping for a, a Deke and Butterfly reunion yeah. or something, we but we didn't her. get that. I know. We didn't get to see her, and we didn't get to see a, a mention of her. Like, oh, I miss her. Nothing. Um, I love Daisy. Only person I might love more than Daisy right now? Deke. Izell. Izell. Okay. You got Deke? Where, no. <laughs> you just said. <laughs> I love Deke, but Izell's hair is everything. I just, I mean, Izell, uh, I love how sinister Izell is. Izell keeps her eyes on the prize and she is ruthless. So I actually have a differing opinion on her. No way. Yeah. To me, she's kind of flat. Um, she, I, I agree with about the hair, so it's not that, but it's just her character. I feel like, um, I mean, I, I think that she's ruthless, but I just feel like she's very two-dimensional and that we're not, like, every time I see her, it's like, okay, like, she's just, I kind of just feel like she's a typical villain and that there's not that much to her. Do you know anything about resonance frequencies? <laughs> I, mean, I don't think you do, because if you did, you would understand how two-dimensional she really is. Not, she is. I, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. She's always, but she's the epitome. But here's the difference. Her bad is simply a perspective. So she has a purpose, and her purpose is, for whatever reason, the destruction of the world to inhabit people's bodies. The one thing I want to know is why she destroyed all those other worlds, but when it comes to Earth, it's so time-consuming and takes forever, and she has to do it in a specific, special way. That's actually an interesting thing. But we don't get enough of her backstory in order to see more dimensions. She's yeah. Voldemort without the Tom Riddle counterpart. I agree with you. Yeah, And I think there could be a lot more to her um, if we did get more of that backstory. And also, just... We saw, um, not to kind of jump in the middle here, but when when um, Sarge, when Na- when Daisy finally quaked him to death and he woke up and he was starting to see the temple, we, we see that he is obviously remembering May and Sky slash Daisy, but we also kind of see that he's remembering Izel too. And what I want to know is actually I'd love to see more of that and to see more of how they're connected because then maybe... I would get this rivalry and I would get what's going on between them. I think we're going to get a lot more of Izel's backstory. They've been doing an excellent job of moving the action forward this this year. Sometimes there were times, seasons, where Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had a long season. And so we saw this lag in the middle and it have to rise back up. And we had to get more of the storyline that happened specifically during the Ghost Rider year. It also happened during the second season. But in this season... The action, and definitely happened last season, but in this season, we're definitely seeing fast-paced movement. They're sticking to the storyline. We want to know more. We're involved. Every episode goes by very quickly, so to speak, meaning that the length of the episode hasn't changed, but the pace of the episode has, and that's a huge improvement. And knowing that we only get one more season hasn't dampened the storyline for this season. Yeah, So it's almost as if they wrote this season thinking that this would be the last, 
but in a positive way as opposed to this would be the last so we no longer care. Yeah. And I really like how it's moving. Uh, let's get into some of the discussions. We're going to definitely talk about Mac and Yo-Yo on this trip because that was there were several s- storylines that were happening simultaneously and the Mac and Yo-Yo one was the preliminary one. Here we are coming off of last week's episode of Mac uh, following basically following Yo-Yo into Izel's trap, right? Yeah. Going in. And we start off this episode almost thinking we missed something because Mac seems out of it and Yo-Yo is concerned. See, I knew the whole time that was not Mac. I knew it. I knew that the, that she, that Yo-Yo was falling into a trap. It seemed too easy to me. That because they, you knew that Izel had possessed Mac. Yeah, I, I knew. Like, I could just feel that that was what was going on before they even revealed it. And I was like, nope, Yo-Yo, don't say anything. And she did. And she did. She <laughs> gave up the name Benson, who, of course, we haven't seen Benson for a couple episodes. So it was nice to reincorporate him back into the storyline, being that he's the one with uh, exceptional knowledge regarding the monoliths and, and the dialysis and all the things that we've been studying on his behalf. So she drops that name. Izel had taken over Mac and then trapped Yo-Yo with the, that's a name I have never heard before, and we realize she's been tricked. Yeah. And I just want to say, too, the acting in that moment. Mac, like, he he went from, I like, I, I knew what was happening, but it still sounded like Mac. And then all of a sudden with that line, oh, there's a name, like, I could just feel it was a separate person. And that, like, that, if any, if nothing else, like, over these last two episodes, seeing Izel jump and seeing the different actors react to this and playing it that way, it, to me, that's one of the most impressive things I've seen this whole entire season. The one of the things that I really like is, of course, we all enjoy the Mac and Yo-Yo dynamic. Yo-Yo Mac has always been a favorite amongst all the fans and all of us at the panel. Whatever happened to Homeboy that died that Yo-Yo was talking about? Like, yeah. let's, And oh, they bring him up, too. They yeah. bring him up, and we still were like, who's that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Keller? <laughs> yeah. Was that his name? Keller. That was his name. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> like, for a second, I was like, hold on. Is Keller yeah. the guy that jumped last week? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Keller's the guy that Yo-Yo was dating in almost a serious manner who died and no one cared about to the point where now they're using him as a reference. Yeah. Even though it's only been like two weeks. <laughs> a reference is in, oh, Keller. Wink, wink, yeah. Keller. He's doing great. He's fine. Let's ask him. Let's go talk to him. And that's how Benson figures out that something's amiss with with Mac yeah. of course Mac is in in Izel's control under Izel's control so so the whole thing is that was gone i mean yo-yo has now spent a night with mac they're back together and in fact the whole time we'd always thought that yo-yo we felt like she was cheating on mac with keller but at this point <laughs> it's like yeah but a little bit of a oh man keller died for me you know something yeah yeah i yeah. could have saved him with my power that i didn't use i mean here's the thing with that the moment, the episode that it happened that he passed, it didn't even, it didn't feel like she cared that much that she was really grieving over him. No, she cared that episode. The next episode, she didn't care. She, I mean, yeah, like to an extent, but like then it was like, okay, I'm on my way. But but best it also way to could break be... up is if the person just dies. <laughs> that's that's the lesson that I'm learning from this. Is the best way to work uh, break up is if you don't actually have to break up. 
the yeah. person's yeah. person inhales a mind controlling bat creature. Sure, why not? I mean, it. We knew that she was going to get back with Mac anyway. At least this way, there's no competitor, and there's no guy. Not that he was really a competitor, but. There's no person that Mac has to contend with. See, I would have preferred it if Keller and Yo-Yo, would, they did actually have that talk, if you remember. Yeah. It was a bit awkward. It was a bit uncomfortable. Keller expresses his feelings for Yo-Yo. Yo-Yo thinks about it and then kind of returns it, but not as fully and is not as fully committed. If she's, she had said, hey, you know I have this history with Mac. He's the one I, I love. It's harder getting over him than I thought. Something like yeah. that. One line... Five episodes ago would have saved this. Yeah, I agree with you. Definitely. One line. Just one line on them. But at least we realize, and Mac even says, you know, I'm not just on this trip for protocol. Clearly, it's because it was you. Yeah, he yeah. It's And it's all, It's one of those, it's always been you moments. This is a notebook moment. This yeah. is a, we've seen this. It's a, it's a Forrest Gump moment. It's yeah. the Gen A. It's this, you're the one. You're the one. I'm here because it's you. And they both seem to admit to each other that... Either way, they both would have been here regardless. Yeah. And they kind of, we see this moment with them that I think they, they we wanted to see all season. And that's the fact that they're now accepting that Mac, you know, will have to, even if they're, you know, whether they're together or not, obviously they're going to be together and they're going to get over the fact that Mac is in this position where he has to make these difficult choices they're just going to have to work with the fact that their emotions are involved in all of this. That's something that they've actually come up with. And, and they talked about it, which was great. We actually saw the most amount of communication between Mac and Yo-Yo in this limited episode of their communication. Being contained. Because they spoke <laughs> the truth. Yeah. Even when they're chained together. Everything happens for a reason. And, of course, them being chained together and the temple seemed right who else would you want to be chained to but the love of your life until your son bops up and then that becomes kind of counterproductive yeah and this is my question too speaking of um i know this is jumping way ahead but speaking of flint and bringing back people who are no longer around um my i have a lot of questions around that and how how this exactly is working where Izel can just, you know, with the snap of a finger, bring certain people, you know, using the Gravitonium device, bring certain people out. And I know it's kind of like what happened last season where um, when we when Fitz thought it was like this fear dimension where people were coming out who were, weren't shouldn't be there and it wasn't real. Well, I wanted to understand that better and understand how real it is. And they they saw what happened with Benson and the love of his life and how it really wasn't real, but it feels real because the person's right in front of you. So what I want to – I'm curious to see how Mac and Yo-Yo really react to this. If they're able to you know, understand, no, this is just a mirage, not real, um, and how it is going to work. But also the creations act real because they are real. See, that's the concept of the DIL of power. It reaches in your mind and it creates reality. Reality, as we have come to understand it, at least even scientifically, is some form of a, of an illusion, yeah. a lot of things. And, and they bring that up when they discuss resonance frequencies, which is a true thing, which is the concept that everything's vibrating at a specific Very speed. True. And even yeah. though it's ex- extremely fast, so we feel like something's solid, nothing's solid. There's gaps of space between each everything because of atoms as they're moving around. And it's also one of the very fundamental basis of string theory in which there would be six dimensions and all this concepts, right? All these concepts. It's very interesting. So here we are creating reality. We're creating 
matter. The thing I want to know is where is it pulling the energy from? That's the interesting concept, because even with Ghost Rider, we learn that this energy comes from somewhere. You cannot, matter cannot, can neither be created nor destroyed. Energy can neither be created nor destroyed. So where are we taking this energy from to create these uh, real things? I assumed it was from the actual gravitonium device. And then that's where the energy, that's where all of this was coming in and out of. But see, then it would be like that's an unlimited amount of energy inside this device. And I don't think that's the case. I think this is taking a toll on something. We just don't know where. So here we see Thomas. That's Benson's love of his life. And, of course, we see Flint, which is actually Max's love of his life. Yeah. What else can we create? We can create anything. And and Izell points out that human imagination is actually very limited. So, but we can create everything, and at the same time, it's more powerful than what she has because of the knowledge that they possess. So, it's a very interesting concept. Ah, oh, man, don't let her get those monoliths. Yeah, and we have a lot of comments too in the chat. Um, a, a lot of discussion around what we're talking about. Ivan Soto, Rachel, Izel destroyed other worlds because she was looking for the monoliths, but because, um, yeah, but because they're on Earth, there's no need to destroy Earth. Um, and then we have, let me just pick somebody else too. Um, Sal Dogbed, the guy that brought Benson in, wasn't technically a red shirt until his blood spilled all over it. I think they're talking. That's a dark way to look at it. <laughs> and that poor guy was on the screen for 3.4 minutes until he just yeah. was, he poor stabbed dude. in the neck, man. And then Billy Show Jean- some respect. He's not a killer. <laughs> Billy Jean Girl 24. Do you think Sarge is going to betray the team and join Izel, or do you think he's just going to pretend to? Interesting. Oh, I have a lot of thoughts on that. That's, that's a good thing. I'm, I'm sure we can bring that up yeah. in predictions. One of the things we love discussing with you is not only are we mining the chat, but... Our good old producer, Ryan, just kidding, Bree is on the phone. <laughs> Ryan left us, but Bree is here. So always, we're, we're minding the chat, and we always enjoy all of you, because remember, you guys at home are as much, if not more, a part of our panel as we are. Yeah, so thank you all for being a part of this, and thank you for allowing us to be the ESPN of TV talk. In order to grow, though, and continue, we definitely could use your support. So if you are watching this on YouTube right now and can just go ahead and give us a thumbs up, leave a comment, follow us, subscribe, let us know that you did, and we will give you a shout-out live on air. If you're listening on iTunes, we could definitely use five stars. You know, absolutely, that would help us and let us know how we're doing. So, again, thank you all for being a part of AfterBuzz and for allowing us to do what we do. The best part of being here is that we get to interact with you guys every single day. We appreciate you so much. And here's the interesting thing about Izel's power. Izel would have more followers than anyone else because she could just inhabit <laughs> people, follow herself, and then move on to the next person. She would just yeah. have millions and millions of <laughs> Until they wake up and unfollow. They would never, because they'd be like, oh, I must have followed her for a reason. There's a lot of people we follow. (laughs) I'd be like, who's this crazy one? Unfollow. Really? I I definitely follow Izel. In fact, I actually do. Let's talk about (laughs) Vincent's mind. We saw Thomas. Yes. Yeah. That was, you know... I'm really happy they they did a callback to that. I didn't know that we, obviously, I didn't think we'd ever get more about that. But just, 
Um, uh, my question was how, like, I was trying to remember how long ago Thomas had passed away and like how, you know, just how, how long it had been, um, for Benson and on, you know, kind of on a separate note, I love that it kind of pulled out his drinking habit and we saw more of that. And I thought that's what Izel was going to really use against him was the alcohol and not so much just what he was seeing because I kind of assumed that he knew that on some level it wasn't real. So you thought Izel was going to be like, hey, you want a bottle? <laughs> yeah. You're going to do what I say? Is that what you felt like was going to happen? Maybe. Maybe not that exactly, but just like... Uh, you want some Ciroc, buddy? <laughs> Is that how you thought it was going to play? No, I, not exactly. I just thought that somehow she was going to use this to her advantage and um, really get him and um, that we were going to learn that it wasn't just a, some kind of habit, that he actually had a problem well, and that she was going to pull at those strings. The problem plays, of course, Thomas even is even aware of the problem to the point where it almost seems that Benson had something to do with Thomas's death because he feels very yeah. guilty for it. Even though Thomas said it was he didn't see something in the road, which kind of implied that he was the one driving. But I assumed that Benson, you know, I kind of thought maybe Benson was drinking and that's what caused the accident. But sounds like it it wasn't him. Well, it seems like Benson needed a designated driver because he was drunk yeah. as usual or yeah. something of that nature. And clearly he feels a guilt for Thomas's loss of life. Yeah. He was the one who had to make the decision ultimately to pull the plug and didn't do so for a while in that in that mindset. And so when Thomas appears, Benson gives up valuable information. He began to do so, of course, when he was being tricked by Izel, quickly figured out that it wasn't it wasn't Mac and that Izel had possessed the body when Yo Yo drops the Keller reference. Then becomes the worst actor of all when he's just like uh well then maybe we shouldn't do anything. Delete uh <laughs> Mac right in front of him. Uh, Mac is like, Benson is something wrong? And all Benson had to say is, No, I think this is what we should do. But instead he was like, I'm not gonna tell you anything. Like, come he on. He could have he could have given him the wrong coordinates. Oh, could have given the wrong Very coordinates, easily. could have created could have created a quick, fast paced scenario that would have gotten obviously Izel when Izel inhabits people's bodies is not plugged in or in tune with their personal memories. I'm smiling because we have an Ivan Soto comment that I need to read like um, right now. Yes. And you're going to love this because Ivan says, Rachel, can you tell Teron that maybe I am wrong about Ghost Rider? Ivan Soto just said he could be wrong. Ooh, that's a big one. Uh, and I'm uh, obviously Ivan Soto is referring to the concept that yeah. Robbie Rios was brought up again. Yeah. Yeah. Is Ghost Rider going to make an appearance this season? That would be phenomenal, but that's what they tend to be foreshadowing by bringing him up several times. At this point, it's unnecessary. So why do we keep bringing up, we've seen this before, Ghost Rider. But we've seen this before, Ghost Rider. Don't walk away from me. But you know who can walk away from me? Ghost Rider. Yeah, I don't know that we're going to see Ghost Rider himself again necessarily, um, but I think that's more... Just to kind of show us what, you know, how you can compare it and what could be going on in this particular situation. Interesting. So, I think so we I, see Ghost Rider. So, yeah, yeah well. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just see Ghost we'll Rider. We'll see. One more episode. There's a ghost. They're doing it on purpose. They're yeah. teasing us for uh, on yeah. purpose, and it'd be nice to, uh, you know, they're just doing the, uh, yeah. let's touch it, just the tip, but let's just, uh, let's get right into the, uh, to the heart of it. Let's see some Ghost Rider show up yeah. and Ghost Rider be a part of this. Izel, not Coulson, Ghost Rider trio, 
where they are from somehow the hell dimension. These are souls that are being released because we see a lot of souls come into play. Yeah. I feel that Izel is part of this dimension that we commonly refer to as hell in some mm-hmm. some aspect. And here's another thing. Given a lot of recent shows, I feel like this could really be a manifestation of a Lilith character, the first demon, so to speak. Yeah. Who, who is known to be female. Yeah. In a lot of different myths. And we also see... That Izel's presence has been known because she's a part of Incan lore, possibly Aztec lore, and other native lore and mythology. So she has existed before, and she's existing again. And the same exact thing that Sarge once said is that he was, he's was he been around, obviously not as long as her from what he remembered, but that he's been around hundreds of years before May and will live hundreds of years after her. So... It would kind of fit in exactly with that theory. Where did that come from? So let's talk about Izel's foolproof plan. Izel has this plan. She does the James Bond villain thing. Yo-Yo even brings it up. Don't tell us your plan because you're going to tell us before we die, which is a horrible thing to say, Yo-Yo. Wouldn't you want to hear the plan? (laughs) Hey, Izel, you know what? Um, Usually when people tell us their plans, they They end up dying. So you probably don't (laughs) want to do that. Let me give you some more helpful hints because I'm not being helpful enough as you're inhabiting and controlling our bodies all the time. Yeah. I mean, they that's what bothered me about this episode. And I understand why they did it. And I, I like the reveal of Flint. But what bothered me is exactly that. That So Izel kind of reveals this whole plan. But then we get... With Mac and Yo-Yo, they, they make that admission near the end where it's... There's nothing else that Izel can do to them because they she's already threatened to take away. Like, the only thing they really have is the people they love, and she's already threatened that. So there's nothing more that can be done. So that kind of bothered me a little bit that that's where it went. I actually really liked it. I thought it played out very well. I thought I enjoyed Yo-Yo still being brazen and stubborn to the end, knowing this is impending doom. They're chained in some type of sacrificial monument. And they're still, she's still yo-yo to the very end. That is a very yo-yo thing to say. So I'm actually really enjoying the writing this season. I think they're doing a great job. Obviously, the special effects are are top-notch. Last season, we got two sets at the most. Now we're getting Montu Pichu. I mean, yeah. I, I really like how this is this is going out. I do. I like how it's going out in the sense that, to me, too, it kind of reminds me of as we reach near the end of it was, I think it was season one, where they end up in the temple and, you know, Sky, now Daisy, ends up getting her powers. It kind of feels like a callback to me of that and so i'm really enjoying that we're back in a temple and that um like it seems like it's going to be very exciting what we get next episode with the whole entire team there and they kind of have to face her and she is despite the fact that to me she kind of feels 2d right now um she still seems like a very formidable you know villain just in the fact that it's she can do she can jump into their bodies she can really mess with them um there's a whole set of you know there's a whole set of beings that need a host that are coming in so i feel like there is a lot riding on the team right now and it's the stakes are pretty high well they are every time yeah Uh, something about shield they never get a break there's never like a three-week period they're they're like oh man no one's trying to destroy the earth at this point i just feel like here you guys want the earth so bad yours yeah we'll move it's not worth it honestly it's 
it's great, but yeah. it's not that special. You yeah. know, I've been there before. I don't know. It's just everyone wants the Earth. And her plan, of course, is to recreate the monoliths because the monoliths are, in their way, her version of the Infinity Stones where this is her dominating plan. Not Coulson cannot remember. We send in a couple people to interrogate him. May goes in first. Sky goes in second. Yeah. What were your thoughts on that? This was my favorite part of the whole entire episode, this storyline, because they really tugged, at least at my heartstrings, seeing Sarge slash Coulson slash whatever you want to call him, starting to really remember them, especially, we didn't really get it in the beginning with May, but then when Daisy went in, the dynamic between Daisy and Sarge, it really brought out these two different... um, So obviously Sarge is struggling with who he is and what his mission is and what he's supposed to do. And he kind of comes to this conclusion that he needs to sacrifice himself because it's going to save everybody else. And so we kind of have him going off and doing his own thing. But then Daisy, she's trying to like one, try and try to try to pull this like side out of him that he doesn't want to see. And he just wants it to be over with. And as she's pulling this out and she's ready to kill him to see what he, you know, to see if it's going to work. When he calls her Sky, it really, like, it it really tugged at my heartstrings oh. and just, I was like, okay, like, this, this is, that was probably my favorite moment of mm. the entire season so far. That's crazy. That's yeah. so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a heart, so Izel's hair is everything, <laughs> but I would have already killed Sarge. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, well. or at least been like, oh, okay, we're going to do this, then this is going to be the plan. But that's just me, right? Yeah. However, we see that they are having a hard time with not Coulson because he's yeah. still Coulson. And Eric James says, Sarge calling Daisy Sky was heartbreaking. Thank you, Eric, for agreeing. <laughs> I need to see the comments, too. You know, this is not... A, every comment just isn't going your way, okay? That's just not a thing. The power of being the one in charge of comments. So the concept is, here we get May going in. May, obviously, is having a hard time because she keeps... Even, even Fitz and, uh, and Simmons bring up the point where... She says to Sky, she kept looking at the part where basically she remind he reminds her of Colson and keeps rewatching that part, going in with that mentality. So May goes in and does a very unlike May behavior, tries to reason with Colson. Sky brings up you could beat him into submission, which you can't because he seems to be imp- impervious to harm, clearly doesn't care about pain, and doesn't die. So I don't know what she wanted May, the one without powers, to do, <laughs> but sure. Then Sky goes in and is, flips the script, and all of a sudden she's ruthless in any way. She doesn't care. She goes in and actually breaks his neck with her power, which was a little dark. What if he had just died? Yeah, I mean, I knew, yeah, she knew that he wasn't going to. But, but she didn't. She assumed he wasn't going to. See, the concept is, and I've always thought about this even about superhero powers, even something like a Spider-Man. Spider-Man gets bit by a radioactive spider, has all these powers that came on all of a sudden. How do we know they don't just go away all of a sudden? Mid-swing, they're just like, oh, they stop working. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we get tired as people, right? Obviously, you can do something one minute and then you can't do it perfectly the next. How did Sky know that he was going to actually live? She took a chance and it was ruthless and it was her basically... Doing the opposite of confronting her fear. You're not Coulson. Boom, look, I can do this because you're not. Yeah. I mean, I think it goes She's to show. She's still running away. 
like just in this one episode how much she grew where like she wouldn't confront him she wouldn't because she didn't want to confront the idea that colson was dead that's the whole thing surrounding daisy this season is that she always flees she left to find fits Hmm. and now in this moment she couldn't handle that she had to in some way or another confront colson and that's kind of to me that was the brilliance of that moment is that she finally does recognize that in some way or another this person this being is connected to colson and to me even though she was like even though she was really taking it out on him and trying not to show any emotion to me that was emotion from daisy and that was her way that that anger was all the pain and all the grief she was feeling over colson and the fact that now she had to talk to this person who in some way was starting to you know kind of remember not remember because he said it wasn't memories um at least but it is something though it is something there's something there there is some connection to colson there is this other dimension we see this flashback of these hooded cloaked figures izel's there sky is there may is there there's something going on we can't wait to figure out what it is and i need them to tell us i don't want any (laughs) insinuations and if they don't tell us i'm writing all of them because this needs to be exactly i need to know what this is yeah and if it relates specifically to the Ghost Rider Pact, which I think it does. I think it does, too. Absolutely. I think it does. I think if I were to, like, come up with my own personal theory right now, I would say that it has that in going along the vein that energy is not created or destroyed. When Coulson made that pact and he was there, he left a piece of his energy. And that's where this is coming from. And that's why those memories are there, even though they're not that clear and that really, like, even though this, even though Sarge, who is separate from Coulson, is not Coulson, there's so much connection there and always will be. And I'm, and now we see these newfound powers of Sarge, which he did one of these all the time, this little, this little, like, <laughs> the demon walk where he's like, what, bro, what's going on? Yeah, I have powers. He kept putting his hands out <laughs> in, this, in this way. But I thought the powers were very cool. I don't know exactly what they are. He obviously can open doors. He can destroy buildings. <laughs> he destroys things with yeah. the touch of his hand or the thought of his hands disintegrating into the things. Who knows? Yeah. The point is, he's powerful. I and just, he doesn't die. And who's to say that he can't eventually do what Izel does and hop into bodies and, exactly. and control her? Which I thought of when Sky was in there. Like, how do you know he's not going to just hop into you? Actually, when she came back upstairs the first time, I thought maybe that's what happened. He escaped through her. But that's not how it played out. But I had that thought in my mind. So this kind of goes back to the question that, um, let me see if I can find her name really fast. The question that was asked of whether or not we think that he's going to turn. It could go either way. I mean, that's definitely up for predictions. Let's talk about Fitzsimmons and uh, Deke. Deke just wants to fit in. He wants to be with his grandparents. I mean, this is the only family he has on this entire planet. Deke has always just wanted to belong. Yeah, well, this episode, I really thought he stepped up, and I love that he's the one who figured it out with the vibrations. He always is, and here's the (laughs) thing about Deke, I liked at the end when he's like, shut up, let me think. That's the real Deke, that assertive Deke, because he keeps playing this, you know, this almost baby where he wants to be loved, but this Deke does exist, this brave Deke who we've seen do brave things even in the act of quote-unquote cowardice, he steps up. He stabs Coulson in the—not Coulson in the hand. He takes chances. 
So Deke is actually brave. It's just not in the stereotypical way that we think of bravery. Well, brave, and he's also very intelligent. He is and very intelligent. what I loved about this episode is that it wasn't, like, in the past, I feel like Fitz, not this Fitz, but the one that we saw in the last season, was very quick to kind of, like, push him to the side and not listen to him. I loved that, yes, we still had Fitzsimmons operating like on the same brave on the same brain wavelength but then deke was on their level and he was able to figure this out and they they acknowledged him for it it's interesting you thought that i actually think that since fitz fitz simmons got back together they've lost a step they're not as smart <laughs> fitz simmons from before seasons one through four would have figured all this out season five I didn't like Fitz as much. This Fitz I like more, but they're not as smart together as they used to be. See, I don't agree with that. I just think this this was a very unique problem that would have been harder for them to figure as out. As opposed to the other <laughs> no, unique problem? As no. opposed to creating a, an imaginary world? As opposed to figuring out time travel? Here's as the opposed thing. to all the things they've done? Here's the thing. They can't <laughs> have the answers to every single problem. That would not be realistic. So I don't think that they oh, lost oh, intelligence. Oh, yes. I understand what you're saying. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is very realistic. <laughs> so so I liked how Deke was able to step up and figure it out. I've always been a Deke fan. I, I support Deke and uh, Deke's abilities, and he's very clever. What I don't know if I support is Daisy being in charge. She seems to be kind of a bully. Especially in this particular situation where she was emotionally compromised. But then again, so was May. But with May, at least, May was kind of able to take some dissonance and kind of step away and still recognize what the right option was. Um, but yeah, I agree. I, I don't see, um, not in this in this moment, I don't see Daisy as being the right person to take charge. I felt like it should have been May. Yeah, because she doesn't create enough unity and trust in the people. She just does things to the point where she says, well, if I told you, you would have tried to talk me out of it, so I did it on my own. That's not what a real leader does. Yeah. Even if she did make a decision like that, May's not the real leader either because she does things on her own too. They're actually becoming a lot more similar in fact, Daisy is becoming more, more May than May is even at some times. <laughs> so it's interesting. We have a lot of resonance frequency talk, and we get to, uh, of course, we find the the temple. We're in the temple. Things are going to happen. Things are erupting. And then, of course, the end of the episode, boom, we're in Chronica 3. We're back. We're back with the Chromicons. And talk about, bet you didn't see that coming. Not at all. No. <laughs> yeah. And I'm curious, like, obviously we've only got one more episode, so I don't know what, like, they're going to, I feel like a lot of this is going to be saved for season seven, but I did not see any of this happening. Um, it was very surprising. Yeah, I think season seven is going to be consumed with the Chronica 3. Somehow, of course, they're going to want it to be Earth. Yeah. And they even say the Chromatons are like, the Hunters are like, uh, the first rule of data is back up. And then... She gets killed. Uh, she's just shot point blank. And it was the hunters are now taking over, even though that's not the way the Chromcons work. And you would think, hey, there's a limited number of us. We should probably shouldn't kill one of the last of our species. Yeah. But they do. So I think Chronica 3 is going to take over next season. We'd love to hear what you guys think at home, of course. Let's get into some news and gossip. Okay, so... We have two major things to talk about here. So the first thing I'm going to go over that's pretty quick. Um, 
as you can see up on the screen, this was an Instagram post tweeted from Mingna Wen. And what it's showing is kind of a cast gift um, that she gave out to a bunch of people near the end of their filming. But the important thing is the name on one of the bikes, Enver Jokai. If you don't remember who that is, he was um, Peggy Carter's... Uh, I guess I'll say boyfriend at the end of season two, right before Agent Carter got canceled. And so the fact that his name is tagged on it is leading some people to believe that the final seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will have an Agent Carter S.H.I.E.L.D. crossover somehow. There was also a few, um, some posts that went out a few months ago, kind of covering the cast members sporting a 40s vibe. So... I, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited for that idea of a of that 40s crossover. The second picture is um, after Ming-Na Wen took down that first, she reposted a picture of all the bikes she gave out to the cast members, but she took, like, you can't see the names in that picture. So obviously something was up. We were not supposed to see Enver's name there. Um, and yeah, I'd be pretty excited for that crossover, especially the way that Agent Carter was canceled. Who's Ming-Na Wen? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I guess in case anyone doesn't know, Ming-Na Wen plays May. On there we ADN. go. May. May posted. Use their real names Sorry. for now on. Thank you. <laughs> uh, May posted that picture. I mean, I'd love to see an Agent Carter, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. last season episode crossover. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Not as amazing as Ghost Rider, who will be there. Uh, and we didn't see one a bike for him. Oh, and one more piece of news, too, just mm. really fast. Chloe Bennett posted, who plays Daisy on the show, um, she posted that in two days from now, it will be the last official day of shooting for season seven, and they will be done. Wow. So yeah. season seven's done, and they will be done. Yeah. We will never be done. Because we love you so much. Thank you so much for that news and gossip. Let's get into our whoa moment. That's a moment in the show that made you go, whoa! Hold up. Hey! <laughs> Rachel, what was your whoa moment? The moment when Sarge said, I'm not the cure for your loneliness when he was talking to May. And he Oof. slammed his hand on the table. And literally, there was an imprint of his you know, entire palm on that thing. Wow. I'm going to have to go with the moment that... Uh, Daisy Sky. Well, I still I will always call her Daisy. Uh, Daisy, I always will call her Sky. Broke, not Colson's neck. Yeah, with her powers. Yeah, that was a bit harsh. That was a woe moment to say the least. I mean, she was just like, yeah, it's like, and you heard it too. It was like yeah. crack. Like that, <laughs> that didn't feel good. No. That didn't get, feel good. Then, of course, when uh, Chromicon Lady died at the end, woof, that was a tough one. Whoa, moments. Let's get into some predictions, shall we? Your After Buzz TV predictions. What do you predict, Crystal Ball? I really think that Sarge is going to be a good guy. That is my prediction. I, and that's to answer the question that was brought up earlier, too. But, yeah, I really think he's good. I think there's too much of Coulson in him. And what I'm really hoping is that he steps up. And even though he'll never be Coulson, per se, I hope he steps up and is part of the team and that he does join their family. Do you think we get not Coulson in Season 7? Yes, I definitely do. No! I definitely, I definitely do. I don't think we would have, you know, Clark Gregg, who plays Coulson and Sarge. I don't think we would have a season without him. What do you think about a ghostwriter? Do we see one? I, maybe we see one. Um, yeah, maybe we do see a ghostwriter. I don't know about. Um, yeah, I don't know about 
you know, next um, episode, but maybe next season. Well, I'm going to have to predict that S.H.I.E.L.D. comes to the rescue, of course, because Benson gets out and gives them coordinates to where Izel is holding Mac and Yo-Yo. I think Mac is going to have a hard time with Flint there, and we saw what happened with Benson and Thomas, so... Here, Mac is going to give up valuable information and turn against his own team in order to save his son. I also think that we're going to have a showdown between not Coulson and Nizel, and it's not going to go the way we think it will. But we'll find out. You know how we find out? By keep watching. You know how else we want to find out? Where people can find you there, Rachel Goodman? You can find me on Twitter at Rach Goodman or on Instagram at Rachel Radner Author. If you like soaps, I also do the AfterBuzz Y&R soap sh- uh, after show on Sundays at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Well, I like soap. I use it all the time. I am Teron, of course. <laughs> I, I am Teron all across the board. That's all on the social atmosphere. I-A-M-T-E-H-R-A-N. And, of course, you can find me hosting and paneling on a slew of other After Buzz after shows because your favorite TV shows are my favorite TV shows too. Until next week's Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we are talking more season six. Can't wait to find out what happens. Bye! Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.